probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hod, and joining me as ever in the cockpit of this Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. If you are a rebel hiding from the Imperials... Watch out for those bliper probe droids. Oh, <laughs> yes. He's back at it, people. He's back <laughs> at it. It's late May and we're on it. We're on it. The sessions is still here. How are you, Matty boy? You good, man? Yeah, I'm doing well, man. Enjoying the unseasonably hot weather for a British summer. I thought it'd be raining now. Um, I've got a cup of tea and a, and a cheeky Vimto next to me, a fizzy Vimto. And I'm looking forward to chatting the wars with you, my friend. But before that... How on earth are you? Yeah, it's been good. It has been good. Um, bank holiday weekend, didn't it, mate? Mm. So mm. had an extra spicy one. Uh, went out for some walks today, which has been very nice. Walking around these quaint little English villages in Essex. So, yeah, it's been pretty spicy, pretty spicy. Um, but actually, do you know what? I'm going to open up with a cheeky little fact, mate. Um, because this past few weeks, especially because of our awesome Discord server, we got people on there from all around the world, you know, And we got patrons from all around the world. Now, Mm -hmm. I've got into a little habit. All right, mate, boy. I got (laughs) into a little habit. And it's my missus family to blame, okay? So my missus, she's from Birmingham. And what we do, we do a cheeky little game where we compare the weather from the West Midlands to to the Southeast, to to South Essex, right? And I am going somewhere with this, I promise. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But basically, her family always have a laugh. Um, about the fact that it it rarely rains in South Essex. And I don't know, I think there's a, a, a slight difference between where you're from. You're from Surrey, right? Oh, from yes, from, from the Queen. That's not the Queen's County. It's just a posh county. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah, everyone's favourite county. Apart from Essex, <laughs> of course. Of um, course. But did you know, for example, it rains less here than it does in Rome? I generally did not know that, yeah. I, but I didn't know that at all. We live, I think there's parts of the Essex coast that is drier than some deserts. And I, I kid you not, that is like fact. It is mental. So I've, I've been doing this thing. Never right? knew that. Yeah, man. Like I've, I've been comparing <laughs> like the weather from, bless his heart, Luke Summerfield. He's down in Swansea. Flaming heck, poor guy. Like the other day, it was like there was a solid 10 degrees difference. Between South Wales and South Essex, I was like, That's wow, bad, isn't it? It's only like That's three crazy. hours away as well. I know, but there we go. Um, anyway, enough of my little geeky ranting. Um, I love it, mate. Love all this. Well, geeky got stuff. anything interesting other than a, a pie and mash fan has ended up at the end of my road and is extremely popular. Oh, but welcome to Essex. That? How random is that? I don't know. It's just, it's just there, but it's, it, there's queues down the block. Without meaning to turn this into a into a, a a food or an Essex rant, because we do love a bit of Essex. And remember, oh, you are listening it, to the uh, yeah, but and that's from still, Essex, yeah. So exactly. you know, <laughs> chuck that in. If anyone likes pie and mash, come down to Essex, and uh, there's a little trailer out the back front. And apparently, the quality's serve, very good. Are they serving liquor with it or gravy or either? Yeah, either or. Either oh, or, mate. My it's, it's the real thing. It's yeah. a real thing, man. I'm going to have to come your way. Mate, honestly, it's 
So good. Oh, it's so good. I don't okay. mind a bit of pie mash, me. I don't mind. I don't a bit. mind a bit of pie mash. Jerk chicken, pie mash, all over that. Oh yeah, filth, mate, filth. And talking <laughs> of filth, matey boy, forget all my uh, boring stuff about weather and about pie mash and Essex and ting. <laughs> I tell you what, mate. Let's slide. Let's slide all the way down the miraculous tube of the galactic news round. Ken Nightingale, a.k.a. the pink shorts boom guy on the set of A New Hope, has passed away at the age of 92. Charles Lippincott, the vice president of advertising, publicity, promotion and merchandising for A New Hope, has also sadly passed away at the age of 81. Simon Pegg has thrown his hat in the ring to play Dengar in The Mandalorian. And showrunner Ron Moore has said the scrapped Lucas Star Wars TV series was working to no budgetary restraints and was one big storyline. Sam Smith, design manager at Hasbro for Star Wars product, and you're listening to Star Wars Session, quite possibly the greatest Star Wars show in all of Britain. Now, for this week, we thought we'd take a trip down memory lane, not just for us, but for an awful lot of you guys as well. And we're going to be talking about the Star Wars toys and collectibles and the merch and the story behind it, uh, and just kind of reminiscing of you guys. A little bit, but um, I think Star Wars has been at the forefront of toys f- since well, way back in 1977. But we thought this would be a pretty good, nice conversation to have, didn't we, my friend, on a nice bank holiday afternoon? Yeah, mate. You know, the thing is, it's hard to not think about Star Wars and think about toys in the same, like, mind space. You know, toys are such a strong part of the Star Wars culture the Star Wars fabric, you know, it, it really, they, they just go hand in hand. And um, May Boy and I kind of thought, well, let's talk about that. You know, let's go into why, why, why is that? How did Star Wars become so relevant in the, in the childhoods, you know, in, with, with these amazing toys? Um, and yeah, we, we've got a few clips to show you. We've had some help on our main show from some other guys. Um, so we've got their thoughts as well. It's, it's spicy, mate. We've put it all in a fat off pot and we've got some toys in there. Some aromat, some flipping cumin. <laughs> Bit of liquor. <laughs> get, your, get your mash there, son. Yeah, we got mash. We got the mash up the devil. We got the uh, pie. Going to be filth, mate. Mate, it's... it's... I'm looking forward, and, and as you've seen on our socials, we we from Hasbro they sent us some some free goodies, but uh, they were fabulous ones: a Boba Fett helmet and some Black Series figures, and that kind of got us just like thinking, this is what we've got, uh, plus a few other things. What have mm. you guys got? Or how did this all start? Mm. So we've got a couple of clips first up: one uh, one from one of the greatest directors of all time, if not the. And also from the the dude behind Rancho Obi Wan. So here's those clips. Star Wars let kids bring the mythology home, allowing them to play out their own fantasies with figures, vehicles, and playsets. Well, I think the thing that would never existed without George Lucas was uh, great toys. 
<laughs> Fantastic, unbelievable toys. Star Wars started the whole uh, idea of a master toy license, but it was out of default because no one wanted to license Star Wars. Yep, Steven Spielberg himself. You may have heard of him, done a few films. But I love that first <laughs> quote, Star Wars lets kids bring the mythology home. And so I know mythology is a word that you use a lot, and it's true. By having the toys, you know, kids could do what they want. They, they could let their imagination run free. And nowadays it's a little bit different because of what kids have available to them. But, yeah. you know, back then, you know, it was in between films. It's all about all about the toys. And as Stephen said, I can't believe I'm phrasing, quoting Stephen Spielberg on the show, but fantastic, unbelievable <laughs> and great toys. All thanks to George. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Steven Spielberg, spot on there, man. Because, and and it, it's interesting to know that we're part of this kind of transitional generation where both Matt and I, you know, we grew up with action figures, with physical toys, but also video games. But they were in their early stages, you know, mm -hmm. none of this like Fortnite, just download it for free and you're playing with half the world. Yeah. Nothing like, you know, nothing like that existed. And when it did come to exist, you know, it was a big deal. It wasn't really the normality just yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that plays a, a big part of this. Um, but also, I think we're coming from a different perspective, Matty Boy, where, you know, we're not big collectors. No. Um and I know the the collecting scene, not 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 in its entire entirety, but you know the the collecting scene in the UK is slightly different to the collecting scene in the US, mm -hmm. just simply because of space. You know, it, uh, the average American house, especially if you're not living in a big city, um, you know, you've got more more room. You mm -hmm. know, in in a lot of European households, you know, you don't have room for these like fat off collections. You know, which you know, I do wish I had. I wish I had just a <laughs> yes. a room with loads of stuff in it. You know, <laughs> that I could just roll around in and throw that. throw Pringles up in the air and catch them in my mouth. But <laughs> um, sadly, and then not. another room for toys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got my Pringle room. I've got my Star Wars room. Uh, this is all post breakdown, Luke. In the in the, in the coming years, um, but no, it, it, it's an interesting talk because the thing is, even as a kid, though, you know, bringing those figures home and playing with them, making your own sets, making your own storylines, it really does get the brain going, doesn't it, mate? Yeah, and look, it's. It's, there, it's just as popular and enduring as the movies themselves, the toys, because they almost go hand in hand. You think Star Wars films and the toys. And um, the toys became more, like I say, became more important than the movies almost. Because you could, you know, the toys are always there. I mean, the films at, back in the 70s and 80s, you're waiting three years per film. You don't have the internet then to tide you over. It's just like newspaper clippings or mag film magazines that rail it uh, every now and then. Or the toys and your imagination. And that is what is so enthralling and magical about the whole thing. And it's amazing to hear Steve Sansweet, a man who knows all about mm. collecting, saying that you know nobody wanted to license Star Wars. It was um, Hasbro, believe it or not, they passed on the on the line. Mattel didn't want anything of it. The Mego Corporation passed on it, and they they produced the DC and Star Trek toys at the time. But none of them thought this had any longevity or legs in it. And it was Kenner who was kind of like a, a B tier toy maker. They made like a kids' toy, like actual kids' toys, like pretend kitchens and stuff like that. They 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 took the gamble on, and wow, look what happened to there. 
it's amazing. And now it almost seems mad that you'd pass on the line, but then it, it, back in '77, it was just before the film came out. It was just a weird film with robots and a guy with floppy hair and whiny voice, and then obviously it, got, <laughs> it exploded. And yeah, Ken sure. had no idea how to deal with it. They had to give out these IOU certificates because they couldn't yeah. get the toys out in time before Christmas. Obviously, the big the, the toy season, they couldn't get the toys out. So um, yeah, there it, there was a huge rush and a huge demand for these toys but george yeah. lucas didn't want to give any of the concepts and the designs to kenner early enough mm-hmm. so that other companies would steal it yep. um you know and it, you know in a way what if you did do that can you imagine yeah that might have happened that might have happened you know well, people yeah. have tried to copy star wars since it's come out you've only got to go to the pound shop and see like the uh knockoff lightsabers and stuff like that galaxy like, wars that's it that's it galaxy fights and stuff like that you know, yeah. the, <laughs> like the the, the was it got like the lumo sword or stuff like that but yeah lucas gave like up his that. advance for this he, like lucas gave up what half a million dollars in yeah. exchange for all the, the the collectible and toy money or at least a share in it what a great idea that turned out to be because they've sold over tw- in as of the last few years they've sold over 20 billion star wars toys units star wars Flame, units 20 billion Flame so lucas neck. is laughing all the way to the bank so it just shows that lucas he had extreme faith in what he was doing to be able to uh give that sort of deal when well, no, 20th century fox would be would have been thinking absolutely we save half a million here the if the film flops we're, we're you know we're still in the money because we haven't had to pay this guy off so yeah. what a great decision that was see george lucas saw that he created this platter this buffet of different mm. characters, right, and personalities, and he saw it a mile off. He could be like, "Yeah, this is this is clearly a collection. You know, this could be turned into toys easily, and kids will want to play in my universe." You know, he saw that a mile off because, in many ways, that's kind of what he was betting on. He was betting that the toys would fix, you know, any sort of financial problems he could have possibly had um you know there was a lot of mixed feelings about star wars you know they weren't sure if if uh the original star wars was going to be a success um fox certainly didn't that's why they have uh they had an agreement in place to make the holiday special the infamous holiday <laughs> special wow which is crazy isn't it um but no matty boy you mentioned rancho obi-wan right yeah. and I'm, I'm just conscious that um, there could be one or two people that listen who aren't aware of what Ranch Wobi is. Um, so I'm just going to quickly go over that because uh, Ranch Wobi One is uh, ran and created by um, the gentleman we just mentioned, Steve Sansweet. He is famous in the Star Wars community. He's worked for Lucasfilm. Uh, he helped organize the original celebration. He, yeah. He's He's a big deal. He's like Finn, as you'd say, Matty Boy. He's a big deal. He's a big deal. Right? He's a big deal. Um, and he runs this ba- this basically this to- Star Wars toy museum and haven, mm-hmm. you know, and storehouse, everything. Um, and it's the largest Star Wars private collection ever in the whole world. And it's in Northern California, not far from Lucasfilm headquarters. And he runs that. And he believes that this stuff should be preserved because there is so much Star Wars stuff. You know, Star Wars cereal. Oh, oh, it's Adirio. In the can. All right. Fair enough, mate. It's bank holiday Monday week. So you never know. I thought 
I thought you were just opening up like a vodka or something. Like. <laughs> Gin and vodka. Matt, Matty boy's getting on it again. <laughs> Monday uh, Night Netflix. Like, yeah, that's it. Classic, mate. Classic. Um, but yeah, Steve Sansweet, Rancho Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. legend. So you hopefully tours, one day. Yeah, you can do tours. You can do everything. That. You can you can uh, contribute to their existence because it is, you know, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it counts as like a charity, like an organization, so, yeah. a non-profit. That's it. Um, so you can help support them because, you know, there isn't really, because there is so much stuff, so much stuff, there isn't anywhere in Disney or Lucasfilm that has like a record of all of this licensed stuff, products, toys, and, and whatnot. And I thought that was, uh, it's, it's just really interesting to mention. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to make, put it out there as well, not just for people who don't know, but also for the people who do know. Just a reminder that this incredible, like you say, haven exists. And, yeah. um, you know, it's somewhere I'd love to go and visit one day just to see all this stuff, like stuff you've probably never heard of before. Uh, or prototype toys and just to sit and steve sounds like a right lad as well so um i'd absolutely <laughs> love to contribute to that hopefully we'll have a pint with him one day when celebration comes to london i would love to have a pint with steve steve if you're listening we'll buy you the first pint then you can buy the rest um yeah rounds you, in rounds in question for you do you know what the most expensive star wars action figure ever sold at auction was uh, I believe I do. It is the uh, Boba Fett, right? That's it. It's the rocket it's the, one. That's it, yeah. Because um, they created that, and because it fired the rocket, they were worried the rocket would fire into like kids' eyes. Yeah. So they changed <laughs> the design for it. And um, and uh, But there were a few of the rocket-firing figures that were actually made and distributed to the market, if I'm not correct. That's right. No, there was. There's a few. Um the most expensive one, have a guess, it's a, it's a five-figure sum in dollars. How much do you reckon it went for at auction in 2016? It's, oh, man. It's something crazy. Is it like 80000 $34,000. Oh, right. Okay. But, um, <laughs> still, still a lot of money for a bit of plastic, if, is what yeah. it is. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. But, and, and one of the experts said that if, if you've got one in mint condition, or at least excellent condition, 45 thousand dollars yeah that's mad but they said that that's more than like bits of modern art you know some pieces of yeah more than (laughs) more than houses in some places you know that's it's it's ridiculous it's more it's more than my donut consumption in in a year which is saying something i'm gonna die um but they also had a prototype speaking (laughs) of which of bib fortuna and that's sold for thirty thousand bucks at auction and i only mention that because there's only five ever produced so if you have got one of those out there bib fortuna in like a uh, mahogany robe get it on ebay now 30 grand in your pocket so i thought i'd run through some That's of those before mad. we move on to the eras no i love that man i love that and it shows i think just a little final comment from me on that sort of section of our main discussion um you, you know you've got people now especially in and i don't want to generalize here but it's kind of true especially when you look at um silicon valley northern california mm-hmm. Um, you got these people who are like the wealthiest people in the world, wealthiest people in the wealthiest countries. A lot of them are now part of the tech industry. And a lot of them, their dreams are to have collections like this. You know, their dreams are to have these figures. They would rather invest or have or have possession of a very rare Star Wars action figure as opposed to a modern bit of art. You know, they're not not exclusive to each other, of course. But um, it's, it's an interesting thought, isn't it? That these toys have now... They've they've become like 
a, a new type of possession. You know, they're not just toys played by kids now. They are these like collectibles, but even beyond collectibles, you know, that Boba Fett, it's so rare, so awesome. It has a lot of story behind well, it. They're handy you know? aren't they? People are saving them for their kids and their grandkids. So when they grow up, they can inherit it and, you know, probably do what they want with it. But by then, you'd think their value may go up a little bit more. So, you know, it's, it's almost like saying to your, your kids or grandkids, here you go, here's $40,000. Yeah. Doesn't look like it. Trust me, it is. Yes. So I've got, um, I think I'm going to do like a video or, or something soon for our patrons. Um, because I, I'm pretty sure I've got like a ton of my Star Wars toys up in the loft in my yes. mum's house. And we're going to be, ha- we're going to have to move those soon anyway. So yeah, that's, that's something probably for our patrons. Do so, it. There we do go. It. I do think, it. I think, and plus it, plus it's a good way to get the hair on, on screen as well, which the patrons pay more for that. So, um, should we talk about, <laughs> should, we, should we get a couple of commercials from each era then of Star Wars, the OT, PT and ST? Oh, bro, you know we love the vintage commercials and the new ones, all those adverts. We soak them all up. So we we got a little arrangement of um, adverts for you guys. Uh, We got one from the original trilogy. We got one for the uh, prequel trilogy and one for the sequel trilogy. And we're just going to have a little chit-chat about that. So, uh, Matty Boy, you want to play the first one, mate? Go. It's Darth Vader. Watch out. And he's got a lightsaber. It's Kenner's new Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. I got you now, Ben Kenobi. With R2-D2 and C-3PO. There's even Chewbacca and Han Solo. Someone's coming, Chewie. Who's there? It's Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Now I know the Force is with us. Darth Vader, R2-D2, C-3PO, and other Kenner Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. You got a lightsaber. <laughs> it it sounds dusty. It sounds it sounds like it's from a few decades ago. <laughs> yeah, it it's great. Vintage. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah. It sounds great. And I don't know if like this is going to sound so <laughs> obvious, and this might even sound comedic to some of our uh, American listeners. But I think all of the rest of the world peeps will understand this. It sounds so American. Yes. It does. <laughs> it does. And there's no negative. Yeah, Darth Vader. It, it, there's no like negative context there. Like I, I think it's it's part of the charm. Actually, mm-hmm. I feel. But, it wouldn't um, work with an English kid, is it? It's Darth Vader. He's got a lightsaber. Yeah, no, it's not. It's got to be that classic, yeah. the, you know, American kid, kid accent. It reminds me of all like the Stranger Things stuff, and uh, <laughs> I love it. It feels warm and fuzzy, and it, it, it sounds good. Um, but it gives you a taste of how you know. The, the truth is, if you change the accent, maybe change one or two words around, but you make the audio quality real good. And I know you guys, we're, we're just listening to the audio here, obviously because we're a podcast. Um, <laughs> but if you were to change around those sort of things, this would pass now. You know, this would be an advert that you would hear today for Star Wars adverts. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it was just nice to see that child, like childhood innocence of just the kids, you know, sitting down, playing with these toys and getting excited. There's Darth Vader, we joke, but, you know, he's got a lightsaber. Wicked. There's Luke with his extendable lightsaber. You've got all the gang. To, um, as well and the way they bring in Han and Chewie and there's only 12 figures actually produced to start with it was Luke, Leia, Vader, R2, 3PO, Han, Chewie, Obi-Wan, Stormtrooper, 
a Death Squad Commander, which is interesting, a Sand Person and a Jawa, uh, which is what this toy commercial is. They're highlighting all of these figures. But I don't know, there's something really pure about the advert. I mean, it's yes, it's yeah. Kenner basically saying, look, here's 12 figures to bug your parents for. But there's still something really pure about this. The way these kids are so excited and the way they're making these stories up. And I don't know, like you say, you could, you could, you could change the words around and change the audio quality somewhat. And you could get away with it today. I think, especially when you see the advert as well, the way they're using yeah. their surroundings to, um, to, to, to make their game more interesting and more exciting. But I, I really love these vintage, but it's not even just for like the warm nostalgic feeling. I just really like these old commercials because there's something Same. quaint and charming about them. And this is a, this Kenner advert is a great example of that. Yeah, and it's something for the archives. It's something, it is part of this Star Wars heritage, you yeah. know, and this toy collecting heritage. And that's definitely an important thing. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, that like beautifully transitions us to our era, dare I say, Matty boy. Yeah. Um, Let's hear now. I I don't know about you, May Boy, but I remember this this advert we're about to play. I remember this airing and thinking it was like one of the coolest things ever. Do Do you remember it? I vaguely remember it airing, but I remember seeing the toys in Toys R Us back home in Woking. So I remember yeah. them. So seeing the advert and seeing like the packaging and all that, it's like that takes me back, man. Shall we? Uh, shall we? Shall we dance? Yeah, let's let mate. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's flip. All new Episode 2 action figures give you the power of the Jedi. Jango Fett in his Slave 1 launches a sneak attack. Your Jedi Starfighter blasts from flight to fight mode and fires. But Jango escapes. As Obi-Wan Kenobi uses force-flipping action to leap into battle. But Darth Tyrannus is no pushover. Jango Fett takes out Mace Windu. You can use the Force to summon a lightsaber into Obi-Wan's hand. Missile deflected. When the massive Reek charges in with its stomping attack, Anakin strikes back with dual lightsabers. With Star Wars Episode Two action figures, the Force is in your hands. A galaxy of beasts, vehicles, and action figures each sold separately. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice use of the word flip there, Matty boy. Um... Because it's really funny, like, again, we're very wary that this is audio only. But in the video, there are these little flip things for these action figures. And I remember seeing these and thinking, like, what? Even as a kid, thinking, well, this doesn't make any force sense. Flips. But you'd, yeah, force flips. You'd put your action figure, like Dooku and like Obi-Wan, <laughs> um, both on opposite ends. And you'd, like, press this button and they'd flip. <laughs> they, they were meant to flip and land on their feet. Yeah. Mate, they never did. Yeah. Did you no. see the disclaimer in the bottom of the advert? It says, no. Figures may fall over after flipping. And then on the next frame, it says, may take practice. So they've had to put a disclaimer by the fact that these ain't ever going to fall on their two feet. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> it is stupid. It is absolutely stupid. But the but the nostalgia for this, especially for me, mm. there is some irony um, here because Attack of the Clones, I put at the bottom of my Star Wars list. I still love them as I love all Star Wars films. I, ironic. Um, but the Attack of the Clones toy line is probably for me one of the most memorable. And I love, to this day, I love the design of the toy packaging. Mm -hmm. Like the, It's like a blue 
background of like this kind of like light goldy yellow um star wars logo and it's like a hand i'm assuming anakin's holding like a lightsaber mm-hmm. the skywalker lightsaber very cool very cool really really a lot of memories from this um but i think it, it's also a massive deal because attack of the clones was when we saw Django fett you know we saw this dude in mandalorian armor again um you see the slave one you have like the starfighters and stuff they're all the jedi with all the different lightsabers and the different lightsaber colors and stuff like the toys for attack of the clones was such a big deal in my eyes Mm -hmm. um because it it really outdone it i think it's almost overshadowed by the phantom menace like the release of the phantom menace because that was so anticipated so hyped up that people almost forget about how good the attack of the clones lineup was yeah i mean remember the the hype the toy hype for the prequels was amazing especially the phantom menace obviously so i remember again shout out our you know rip toys r us was packed full of toys especially for the phantom Mm. menace and for attack of the clones people had waited for years for new Star Wars toys, and they weren't disappointed. I remember just how busy those shops were when the Phantom Menace dropped its first line of toys. And the adverts you see in the photographs you see of people filling up trolleys and Leonardo DiCaprio and Walmart getting his toys as well. But, you know, it's true. Got to be done. All of it. It's. I remember the PT hype, and it was the, this advert as well, for me, manages to capture some of that hype as well. It's not. It's not as childlike as the vintage one, but there's still something no. exciting to it. Like they still like got that magic when they're like, you know, jumping slave one, Obi Wan's Jedi Starfighter, yeah. and all that. And then you know, I still got that kind of like, I don't know. There's something about it. There's an energy to it still, which just reminds me of those times when you know it was all about the toys. You had the films, yeah. but it was also just as much about the toys. And in the PT era, re- again, that's because we grew up with that. Really, really encapsulated that. And whilst I may not have had as many as uh, I could have wanted to. I still remember seeing them everywhere, but also it's not even just the toys as well. Remember, it's the like I've mentioned many times before. It's the collectibles from the the fast food tie-ins uh, and everything. Even like the magazines and the, that were coming out, they're still they'll be worth something. Maybe not an awful lot, but something like the Walker's Chris packet that Blilo opened and that in the show a couple of months ago. <laughs> Stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It's little things like that which we remember. And also back in the OT, they would have had tie-ins which we haven't mentioned. That guys listening now would be like. I remember this and I remember that. And I also remember you saying on, I think the very first show we ever did way back in 2018, I think you had a Mace Windu, didn't you? Like a blue lightsaber. Yes. I remember getting a blue um, lightsaber Mace Windu, Um, but I think we got it. Yeah. I think I got it from like a bar, one of the bargain aisles or something like that, because it was a Phantom Menace Mm -hmm. uh, Mace Windu. And obviously by Attack of the Clones, he has a purple lightsaber, but that was negotiated in between. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there was a difference. And I remember getting that thinking, what? Is this, like, fake or something? I was, like, super confused by it. But obviously, um, I realized later mm. on that, you know, that was actually accurate, that he was meant to have a blue lightsaber. But Sam Jackson was like, yeah, I want I want a purple lightsaber, you know. And, hey, he <laughs> excused a terrible impression. Uh, he got one. He got one. And, and actually, it, it, George... Um, came up with a very awesome way of incorporating that into the story. Okay. Um, yeah, man. I, I have so many memories of prequel toys. I remember my dad getting um, the Super Battle... No, not Super Battle Droids, just standard 
Trade Federation battle mm-hmm. droids on eBay for me. Nice. And I think we ordered four, right? They weren't boxed or anything yeah. like that. And I think he got them for a good price. And I remember I was like really upset. I think it took like two weeks to arrive. And I was like going to my dad. I was like, when did the toys money begin? Checking he was like, every day. yeah, literally. My, my dad was like, man, no, that is taking a while. He messaged a dude. And apparently there was like a problem with the packaging no. or something like that, the delivery. Um, but he sent out another package. And as a thank you, he sent some more droids in. So I got like six nice. battle droids. Man, I was like, because that's the dream. Like I remember to this day, I'd like a red a red like um commander clone trooper from attack of the clones as well um but my dream was man i wish i had like 50 of these (laughs) just to line up right you have like two in reality i I didn't have many clone troopers um but it kind of fell into place i ended up getting loads of trade federation and separatist Mm -hmm. figures so i built like a mini separatist army yeah yeah, so Luke Blywalker, naughty boy. He's a separatist through and through. Do you remember um, the Revenge of the Sith toy line at all? Do you remember the toys that came out uh, mm. surrounding that? Yeah, I, one, one of the uh, things that I was really surprised at, actually, when the Sith toys came out, was the uh, cardboard backing. Yeah. It had this like, weird cartoony Darth Vader helmet and like, flames everywhere. Boring, doesn't it? And I, I, to, to this day, I am not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that design. Mm-hmm. I much prefer the design of the Attack of the Clones card back in and the Phantom Menace card back in. But yeah, I remember my dad pulling up one time after playing at a friend's house after school. He picked me up and I look on uh, the chair and there's a Chewbacca sitting there for me. I was over the moon, man. Yeah, I, <laughs> but I, I just love the prequel toys and the prequel toys look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. know, they might not look face accurate or something like that but i think the proportions of the characters and stuff they they just looked really nice and i have so much nostalgia for them yeah not like those power of the force toys from like the mid 90s which oh, were like bro. like bodybuilders and that was ridiculous the dench luke skywalker That's which we have actually i'm pretty sure my brother got that but we pretty much ended up it was like a hand-me-down to me because i i played with it loads but my brother will remember that it was the return of the jedi black robed Luke and he had the green lights over and he was Dizzy. he was stacked. He's a he's a, he's a <laughs> yeah he's a unit and then, he, a got, then he got the man's, original man's Swolo been, as well Han Swolo yeah man's been down the gym that's it yes yeah, so. <laughs> I, I remember the um I, more than anything I remember the, the the signage in the shops I always remember like that they had a had a whole aisle down for Star Wars and the signage coming from the top and like I say the colors uh, and the yeah the Revenge of the Sith marketing um colors and packaging and backing that lasted for so long that went off for so long after the film came out before disney took over and it even kind of bled into disney a little bit as well mm. but i wasn't a huge fan mm. of that one either but no i remember the i remember the toys for that but mainly for the phantom menace and attack of the clones mm. and um but yeah the pt toy hype was 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 something else man and that's that's something i've got fond memories of and I guess that I guess that leads us into into the new era, the Disney era. Yeah, beautifully done, beautifully done, Matty boy. Yeah, let's uh, transition into. Is this a 2015? Uh, yes, advert? it is. Yeah, it is, and this one is a little different to the others. So uh, yeah, let's listen. New Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens sets. You can build the X-wing and save the droid. Load the weapons, climb aboard, open the wings and blast into action! Watch out, it's Kylo Ren! 
Force Awakens when you build your own Lego Star Wars sets. There we go. Well, it sounds good, at least. Or that's it. It sounds it sounds high definition, it sounds crazy. It sounds proper, Parker. Force Awakens. Um, obviously a big deal. Force Friday was a massive deal when the Force Awakens came out. But back then, yeah, it seems like yesterday, Matty yeah. Boy, but that was half a decade ago. That's madness. <laughs> wow. That is mad. Half a decade ago. And Toys R Us existed still. You know, there were still these big companies yeah. that had a physical floor space, a physical shop that were pushing these Star Wars events, you know, like Force Friday. And the Force Awakens one was absolutely mental. Yeah. Um, and the figures for that were awesome. I still have the uh, First Order Stormtrooper sitting on my desk at the office. Um, that I've not seen in a few months. I hope he's uh, been well watered. (laughs) I hope he's nourished. Um, But we included a Lego commercial, didn't we, mate? Yeah, we did, because uh, I think since, certainly since The Force Awakens of the Disney Takeover, when Lego got the license in, they've been the the main provider. Yeah, we've had the Black Series figures, Hot Toys, and obviously the Funko Funkos have exploded, and I'm sure we'll talk about them in a minute. But yeah, we've got... um, We've got a little voice clip, actually, from friend of the show, Cuddy Bricks. And he wanted to uh, discuss the Lego toys in modern times. So, Cuddy, the floor is yours. What's up, fellow sessioners? Master Blywalker, Jabba the Hud. Thanks for having me on the show. This is Sammy from Cuddy Bricks, all the way in South Florida in the States. Excited to talk with you guys about my Star Wars collection. The bulk of my collection is actually in Lego form. I'm a huge Star Wars Lego fan. Um, I have been since I was a kid. I have sets all the way back from 2000, 2001 when I was just a youngling. Took a little break in high school, just wasn't really into it that much, and then got really back into it pretty heavily when I was about 20, 21 years old. Um, I just love Lego Star Wars. Anything Lego Star Wars, I'm all about it. The community's awesome. I actually met the King of Wales, Luke Summerfield, through the Lego community, which I'm forever grateful for because he's obviously a legend. And um, so, yeah, that's the bulk of my collection is Lego Star Wars. I'm a huge fan, like I said. Lots of sets, lots of minifigures. I just love to consume and immerse myself in Star Wars through Lego. It's a blast. Um, It's really therapeutic for me, honestly, to build and um, collect Lego Star Wars. So hope you guys enjoy. I'm excited to hear about the rest of everybody else's collections. And may the Force be with you. Thanks again for having me on the show, guys. What a lad. And it was great to hear from somebody who is a Lego collector and a Lego toy photographer and toy uh, artist because he's made a he's made a picture of us as Lego, which is wonderful. And he also met the the King of Wales, Luke Summerfield, through the community, and that's what he's saying: is the community in the Lego Star Wars uh, world is 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 awesome. And I love how it's kind of he's followed almost like the trend of the films. Um, Cuddy has. He was a big fan of uh, the, of the toys as a kid. He had a little break when he went to high school, but then at age twenty one or something like that, he got back into Lego in a big way, kind of like people do with the films. I love as a kid, and like sometimes they go off, fall off the wagon a bit, then they get back in like a big time. But I just love how passionate he was. Everything Lego Star Wars, he loves. He loves to consume it, and he said it's therapeutic to build and collect. I've only built a few Lego Star Wars. It's not. It's like when you clean the garden or clean the house. During it, I'm thinking, where, where does this bit go? But when you see the end product, there's a satisfaction <laughs> there. Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of um, and yeah, just to 
um, echo what you said, Cuddy's voice message and his experiences are awesome. They're great to hear, especially stateside. Um, he's from South Florida, right? That's right, yes. Yeah, awesome. So cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, one of my experiences, because I've never been big into Lego Star Wars. I never I never was, I don't think. Um, when it comes to Lego, I was more into the medieval stuff, like the dragons and castles and mm-hmm. stuff. But anyway, you know, 2015 rolls around. It's an anniversary. My missus, and a lot of guys already know this story, missus bought me a lego millennium falcon and that lego millennium falcon oh trust me daddy (laughs) that 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 lego millennium falcon was one of the best gifts i got as an adult ever like the feeling i had when i got it was off the chart i did i legit felt like a kid again and it is sitting on my um like tv stand like it's literally i have like three levels on the bottom one is a ps4 and then on top of that, Millennium Falcon. That's nice. it. Nice. And it it just looks great. It looks fantastic. And yeah, so exactly what you said, I echo that. But you know, kids, kids flipping love the Lego lines. Yeah. Especially the Star Wars ones. And it's almost at a point where from a very, uh, you know, again, I'm not an expert. This is why Matt and, Matt and I have help from Cuddy Bricks and our next um, voice message. We, we've got help from those guys because we're not super duper collectors, mm-hmm. right? We pick up the occasional thing, but we're not. We don't. We don't. We're not. We're not collectors yeah. really. And I think that's fair to say. Um, but from from my observations, I can see from going to the shops and the toy shops and stuff from all these stores that the Lego stuff is always pretty popular. These kids love that stuff. And it's not cheap either. Mm-mm. It is not cheap. But there is – maybe there's something more to it. There's more of a process to it. You know, maybe they the kids just subconsciously enjoy that they have an end result and once it's built and – yeah, there's more satisfaction with it is the word I'm looking for. But yeah, it's very interesting, this Lego Star Wars culture. Yeah, because it seems like the toys seem to have been pushed to the back now because what I've noticed, and we noticed this on the, the Rise of Skywalker Force Friday or Triple Force Friday, which just didn't come to England. It hasn't oh. been as inspiring, the sequel trilogy, in terms of the toys, I don't think. You had um, The Force Awakens had a big push the adverts were awesome. The advert, some of the adverts for The Force Awakens were incredible, and a lot of the sequel trilogy adverts themselves for um, like uh, promotional times, like Duracell and the fast food, but also like the Battlefront adverts have been boss in the last five years. There's been some such brilliant memories watching those and rewatching them for this show. But as for the toys, yeah, the actual toys have felt a bit lacking. They've had the, they've had the Black Series toys, which look great. And you've had the Hot Toys and you've had the Kinner re, uh, reissues. But it's been all about Lego and it's been about the Funkos, which is it's that's how things have changed now for me. I don't see kids running out to buy the toys. I see them running out or they're getting their parents to buy these Lego sets, which look amazing. I mean, I could go to Asda, which is a supermarket chain in the United Kingdom. And, you know, in the toy section, they'll just have like, big and small like random like, ones from The Last Jedi or from The Force Awakens or uh, from the P.T., you, just, you can get them everywhere now, as I don't see the toys as much. But these Lego sets look incredible. And like Cuddy, and he mentioned the King of Wales, Luke Summerfield, there's a real clamour now for Lego or for toy photography, but Lego as well. And there's some fantastic Lego toy photographers and just Star Wars toy photographers out there. But um, 
I also wanted to mention like yeah the Funko Pops because I know you're a fan of the Funko Pops aren't you yeah I mean I'm not again I'm not a big collector of them but I love me the Funko Pops like if I see a Funko Pop I love I'm all over it mate and it's one of those things where you get one and you can't help but get another one oh yeah I'll have that one oh that's a good price yeah I'll grab that and at the moment a lot of my collection quote-unquote collection is in storage underneath my bed for when I eventually buy a house and I invade one of the rooms and make it into <laughs> a geek little sanctuary. Same um, yeah, but the pops are the pops are cool. I think one of the things I do want to invest a bit more on in the future is Black Series stuff because I really mm. like the Black Series line. Yeah. And I like that they've kind of moved away. And I know, again, this is a big deal in the community. They've kind of moved away from the three and three quarter inches and they're yeah. moving more toward the six inch and the, and the vintage lines and stuff. And they're, they're different, different uh, sizes. They look great, though. They look great. They look great, man. The six inch uh, Black Series stuff is gorgeous. Absolutely love it. It's the hot toys I want. They're about... 200 quid each but man they look awesome if i had all the bunts in the world and and like i say a room of which i could invade for my own i would love to just have a every single hot toy ever made of star wars and just have them displayed and just to invite people around and just sort of walk past and go oh <laughs> what's in this room oh, come and have a look at the show ah, my yes. hot toys collection Hello come there. and see come and see oh there's nothing and in there I love that you're like, hello there. I'd broadcast in there. I'm like, right, we'll do sessions live in this room. They're <laughs> brilliant. But yeah, the Hot Toys, I'd love yeah. some more of those. But yeah, the Black Series, I mentioned that I don't think the toys have taken off as much in the sequel trilogy. The merchandise has, and that's everything, and not just toys, but games, T-shirts, clothes, lunch boxes, all that stuff is always a big seller. I just think that the yeah. toys, yeah, they've moved away now from toys you play with the toys you display now i think and maybe that's just me yeah i i think that's but i i think it's what we alluded to earlier is that the culture has changed you know yeah. people and kids uh demands on the market on the toy market is different to what it used to be mm -hmm. um but I, I and that's not to say kids still don't or don't play with toys anymore i don't think that's the case but i think this idea of collecting action figures has changed slightly which seems to be a shame but i, I you know i'm not the all-knowing person of this topic so it's it's hard to say but there's clearly a change in in demand um but talking of sort of collections and we've kind of moved away from lego mm -hmm. we have we have a voice message from someone who's helped out in the uh, main discussion today because he is a collector um it's it's dave dunn essex boy lad he's sent in a message isn't he mate yes and uh Talking about Black Series, have a little listen to this. Hey guys, it's Dave here from UK Star Wars Black Series Collectors Facebook group. I started collecting back in 1999 off the back of the Phantom Menace. Um, and my first two figures I ever bought, uh, well, got bought for me from my granddad, was Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Maul. Um, and it's never really stopped from there. I've managed to meet some incredible people. Um, and I think that's the big thing about this hobby, not only allowing your collectibles to help you immerse yourself into the Star Wars universe, but to experience it with other like-minded people. I've been extremely lucky. I've been to lots of conventions in the UK um, and the US. Um, 
but the main person that I remember meeting that just blew my mind was Ray Park, uh, Darth Maul himself. Um, he is an absolute legend. He is just a massive Star Wars nerd and he just wants to talk to every single one of his fans. I now run the largest Black Series uh, Facebook group going and it's incredible to be a part of that community. Um, so if you're a collector please go and find us on Facebook at UK Star Wars Black Series Collectors. Massive thanks to Jabba the HUD and Master Blywalker for allowing me to have a little speak on today's show. Keep up the incredible work, lads, and may the force be with you always. What a king. Local boy, huh? Local boy, huh? What a gangster, mate. Absolute gangster. Uh, and and once again, this shows that there are still strong communities out there, fractions mm. that are collecting. But has it changed, you know, to this Black Series movement, so to speak? You know, it seems like it kind of has because so many people are into it. And it seems to have these awesome, dedicated communi- communities and uh, little organizations. And that is just spicy. Nom, nom, nom. And again, it's Dave says it there, because of the communities and the, the collecting gang and the collecting crew, he's managed to meet some wonderful people. And they they immerse themselves in this universe and you experience it with other people. Like when we went to like we went to MCM, we had a blast, man. And I imagine it's like a little bit like that. Like we went to this place, we had a brilliant time, you get immersed in the fun, and everyone there's is there for the same reason, and yeah, everyone's digging it and you're having a lovely time. And especially for collectors, because it's quite a niche thing. I know it's a massive deal, and obviously there's a lot of money there, but it's still a fairly niche thing, I think. Um, so to be able to experience it with other like-minded people must be, that must be pretty swell. And like Dan, Dave said, he's been to the UK, he's been to the US, he's, he's been hanging out uh, with Ray Park, with Darth Maul himself. It's it's a whole community behind it all, which is what you know warms the old heart for me. Is it, it could, You could look at it cynically, like, oh, you know, you're buying toys... That, and selling them on for a high price for your own pocket. But no, it's not what it comes across as. It comes across as people doing this because, you know, the connection people had as kids resonates in their love for their collecting now. And Dave said yeah. it as well. He started, started collecting as a kid, and he doesn't collect now for the, for the money or the, anything like that. It's for his collection and for the community. And there are so many other like-minded people out there, but it's wonderful for Dave to send that in. And, yeah, the he runs the largest Black Series uh, collectors group on facebook so yeah go on facebook uk star wars black series collectors facebook group check that out dave downs the hunk on there so you recognize him straight away but um yeah he started yeah. collecting in 1999 so that's 21 years just for dave yeah and he's he's got a few videos on youtube or he's been featured in one or two videos i think on youtube oh, mate, yeah. um and, and they look fantastic so we'll try and put a link out for mm-hmm. that video um on our socials or something because dave's a legend anyway he's an absolute gangster and you know like matty boy says he's a local boy so you know we got his back um but yeah this this community and this culture is remarkable it's continuously changing and there are plenty of incredible experiences with star wars toys you know that still touch people's hearts today and they touched people's hearts you know nearly half a century ago and that's just that's so awesome so awesome yeah who would have thought that even now we're looking back at a time where we, we weren't even born like all dewy-eyed and sort of getting all nostalgic about it. And I remember playing with the, with the toys at my nan and granddad's house, my uncle, 
had used to have them like the Falcon and the Chewy, and they used to have them. We used to go around the corner by the the the, the table, the dining table, sit on the floor and play with those there down at the bottom. And he had loads, and there was loads of stormtroopers, and I'm sure, and there was an ATAT walker or an attack, well, if you will, and that was wicked. So again, memories like that of being a little nipper um, at my nan and granddad's house, playing with the toys around the corner. It's stuff like that which makes me want to go out and try and source these just so I can have them again and feel close to those feel close to those nice memories and like again that childlike wonder which this entire community seems to revel in and again it's it's a lovely lovely thing to be a part of in terms of Star Wars but it's lovely here to hear the stories as well and there's a great toy documentary called Plastic Galaxy which I recommend if you haven't seen uh source go source it and check it out and um there's a, uh, one of the guys on there has a Galaxy of Toys podcast, which is which is very decent to listen to if you're a collector. So if you haven't heard it, go and check it out. It's well worth it. But um, so I guess well, we've been asked this before, but I think to end now, your final, your favourite Star Wars piece of merch or collectible was your Lego Falcon, wasn't it? Yeah, I, if I had to narrow it down, probably it's probably the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, I like you, them. mate. I, I like those black, those Kenner um, vintage figures they, that Hasbro sent. I'm, <laughs> I love those things, man. Because um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a huge amount of stuff because again, just um, like space dictates. But man, those once I get once I get somewhere bigger or a room at least, those things are going out. I'll keep them in the box probably, um, and I'm just going to display those for for all they're worth. And then I will probably end up going to buy some more. So. Um, yeah, it's been great. So everyone who's thank, helped us out with the main discussion, thank you very much. And it's been a, it's been good, hasn't it, mate? Reminiscing on days gone by of the toys. Oh, absolutely, man. These are just golden memories, golden memories. And it's all thanks to these toy makers and people that really just capture and help our imagination as kids. Really is lovely. Hello, this is Ahmed Best. I am Jar Jar Binks in the prequels of Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, which is probably the UK's best Star Wars program. All this talking about going back in time and playing with toys makes me fancy something stronger than a Ribena, and it just so happens to be that dusty old hole over there. It's the Bantina, shall we? Always oh, do it, sir. That's always fit for playing with toys, they are. As we always do in the Bantina, for those <laughs> who are new, we ask you guys for your thoughts on our main discussion. And this time, we wanted to hear about your collectibles, what were your favourites, and some of your experiences as well in the, with, with toys and growing up. Yes, 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 yes. We got a few different messages from you guys, so thank you very much. Uh, up first, we got a message, a voice message, a cheeky one, from Ross Holliban, I think if that's pronounced right. Uh, he's from Fanthatrax, um, and yeah, let, let's listen to what he's got to say. Matt and Luke, Ross here, aka Popstar Indie on Instagram. And this episode really couldn't have happened at a better time as my Han Solo Hoth retro figure arrived Friday, my favorite action figure since back in 1980. I love the memories it evokes of seeing The Empire Strikes Back in the theater and that next winter playing in the snow with my brothers and friends. There are plenty of older sentimental treasures in my collection, but I've been amazed by everything new coming out over the past few years. My main focus tends to be on Funko Pops, but Rebels, especially Sabine and Thrawn, forced me to expand to the Black Series figures and more. And The Mandalorian has absolutely crushed my collectibles budget in such a fun way. 
Whether it's Lego sets or action figures, my Star Wars toy collection takes me to a creative space. It inspires my work projects and serves as a reminder that life should be fun. The toys are brilliant, just like Star Wars Sessions. Mate, thank you very much. Uh, the toys are great, just like Star Wars Sessions. All over that. So what those are... Mate, what a gangster. What an absolute gangster. Thank you for sending that in, Ross, mate. Much appreciated. Yep, you might be a Capitals fan, but great start to the... Great start to the Bantina. So thank you, mate, for your memories as well. Uh, we had Clarice Lothary, fan of the show. Legend. She loves her salacious crumb plush, or her sweet baby, as she calls him. Patron, Jimmy Adams. He chose his Millennium Falcon poster, signed by Han Solo himself. Plus the Funkos, uh, plus his signed Funkos. Uh, Thomas Sturai dropped a photo of his awesome Hot Toys collection, and they are looking sweet. It's very expensive, mm. but so worth it. And our friends over at Star Wars Podcast recently found their early 90s Kenner Falcon and X Wing, and they're pretty pleased with themselves. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, we got uh, some messages from geek to me Radio, who says, love their Luke Skywalker Funko, signed by Mark Hamill himself. Awesome. Uh, Dominic Pace, a.k.a. Gecko from The Mandalorian, says anything from Icons is amazing. Mm. Uh, Millicent Thomas got a Galaxy's Edge care package from her buddy Chloe, including pin badges, patches a ray toy and a coaster from ogre's cantina and michael condon loves his star wars spelt beanie from star wars celebration chicago for the memories attached thank you guys we've got another voicemail you know me love him it's king of wales what have we got to say this week mate what is it about these little pieces of plastic Is it because they bring us closer to the movies we hold so dear? I collect little and often tons of Star Wars Lego figures and lots of three and three quarter inch figures. The Lego obsession got out of hand when I wanted to make an old Luke Skywalker that didn't exist at the time. I now own lots of different sets from Jabba's Palace to the sets from Rogue One and Solo. Action figures have always been a big thing in my life since I was a kid. I'm regathering my childhood collection Yes, even those bendums. Don't even get me started on all the other stuff. A story for another time. Peace and love to all you sessioners. And remember, Palpatine loves a good browse on eBay. Thank you for those wonderful tones. Do we love the merch because it brings us closer to the movies we love so much? I think it does, but it also expands. We We can make our own stories out of that and Luke Summerfield as Cuddy Menton is a big Lego uh, Lego collector Lego maker Lego photographer in Star Wars as well so if you haven't checked his work out do go check it out go find him Snicked87 on social media yeah so yeah I mean just go follow him just because he is the king of wales but no thank you for sending that lukey boy you naughty boy uh up next patron lad northern hunk as Matty boy says uh and shot first went with his boba fett hot toy uh another patron and legend johnny o chose his galaxy's edge lightsaber uh jeremy bullock signed boba fett funko and a sweet muster brand luke bespin jacket awesome so good 
so good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we got there eventually. We got there eventually. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, my bad. Uh, Adventures by Jess said the Kyber crystal necklace her mum got from Galaxy's Edge. Awesome. Uh, and Fal Falz Falzifa. I think Falzifa. 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 F A L X I F E R ninety five. Yeah, they chose his Lego <laughs> Sith shuttle from the Old Republic. It's it's discontinued now. Uh, and Amy Hall went with her original A New Hope blaster. Great choices. Some wicked choices here, mate. Uh, and that's for the last few now. Irwin, our friend from Austria, he went with his 1983 Kenner TIE Interceptor. OG. Sir Cabbage, lad, James Bly. Geezer, he said, probably not what you'd expect, but I've got Star Wars on the Sega Master System. Uncommon game. I remember the Master System very well. And um, we also got a sweet message here from a guy called Cryag the Misspelt, a.k.a. Craig from Milton Keynes. And he sent us this wonderful message. It, it reads, I love collecting Star Wars Lego. I started collecting a number of years ago, predominantly ships and vehicles and a few of the large figures, the brickheads and the new busts that came out recently. Uh, I really wanted to record this for you guys, but unfortunately I have a bit of a problem with anxiety and just couldn't focus on what I wanted to say. This ties in nicely to my next point, though. Lego and Star Wars have this effect on my mental health, where it just calms it down or even shuts it off. Losing myself in the Star Wars universe or building a model, I guess you could call, is my happy place. Both were a lifesaver when a few years back I was diagnosed with agoraphobia and they really helped keep me sane. My collection is nowhere near complete, and one day I hope to be able to afford the UCS Falcon. Can't wait for the Mando sets coming this year. Thank you for letting me talk about my collection and what it means to me. Much love, guys. And what a lovely message that is from Craig, and the power that of the the community and just the the franchise and the toys. You know what they can give to. But it's not just buying and displaying. What this does for Craig is is a much deeper level. And I think that was wonderful to hear. Yeah, what a lovely, lovely message, Craig. I think, dare I say, we don't usually do this, but I think you won that one. That is a lovely, lovely message. Thank you for um, for sending that in, Craig, because, you know, that mustn't have been easy to say either. So it's very, very, very kind of you to share that with us and the listeners. So once again, thank you. Yeah, And uh, keep it up and you'll get that UCS Falcon one day. And if you do pictures or whatever happened uh, so that was all the written and the voice messages that we got also want to shout out and i know luke will be up for this for the the man from the caravan of courage a a man who's collectible cavern we've actually been in uh, matthew pavely pavely amadola local boy but we, we went there a couple of months ago didn't we to watch a, an original pressing of a new hope and that was pretty cool to go in a collector's hut like that wasn't oh, it oh man matt matt pavely pretty much set for me the bar of collecting you know don't have a room if you're in your house or don't want a collecting room in your house no problem get a cool looking caravan put it at the back of your garden do you know oh. what i mean have a man den there a genius genius all over that idea so yeah shout out to uh, pavely amadola This is madness. 
the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From two dollars a month is all it is. Best podcast. Hello there. Best podcast. Best podcast. Roger, Roger. Podcast. That's right, people. From as little as two dollars a month for less than a cup of coffee at a coffee shop, you can listen to amazing content, extra shows from both Matt and I, and a cheeky podcasts. Honestly, this is the deal of the century. Nice, spicy, tidy. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. It's the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now. We're lots of tears. From $2 a month is all it is. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. On to the Patreon questions, and as Lukey Bly says, $3 a month, this is where the fun begins here. You get to ask us a question which we will get on the show every month. So, Lukey Boy, who's up first? Yeah, we got a cheeky little question from familiar guy, legend, Sean Hudson, the other HUD. Ironic. Ironic. He says... There is another. He says, sup, chaps. The year is 2017. The month is April. Disney announced the rise of Skywalker, and two unknown writers are at the helm. Matt Albus Cody, Sarlacc, Jabba Hud, and Luke Blyden Versio, the seventh. What are your guys' high-level plot lines for your ideal The Rise of Skywalker? Hashtag bring back Shmee. Keep it smi- keep it spicy, keep spicy. it spicy, and have an aromatastic week. Love, Grand Admiral Sean. What a question, May boy. Take it well away. Worded. So we're writers on the Rise of Skywalker has been announced. We are writing it. Um, my high level plot line. I've said it many times actually. So this is a pretty easy one for me. No palps, uh, but uh, in maybe like in a hologram. Fine with that, but. For me, Kylo Ren is supreme leader, but he's searching for more. He's not content. He's not fully dark side. General Hux swoops in to take control of the First Order. There's a citizen uprising across the galaxy. They've had enough of being oppressed for decades. There's no super weapon. And to me, it ties in better to uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi because you're using and utilising the characters that we created for this trilogy this trilogy, I'm getting passionate now, but I think, yeah, have Kylo be the Supreme, have Hux swoop in to take power, or like a Stormtrooper revolt within the First Order, so they've got uh, fractions within the faction. Citizens around the galaxy, not just um, on Coruscant, but all around the place have had enough, they fight back. Um, obviously, there'd be more to it than that. but So, yeah, that would be what I would like to see. Okay, nice answer. Um... High level. Here we, here we go. High, here we go. Le- high level. The film begins with a montage of the galaxy reacting to what Luke Skywalker did on Crate. <laughs> and <laughs> it's a domino effect, and there are people, four sensitive people, normal people coming out. And they're all starting to get a bit restless. They're thinking, you know, these First Order guys, maybe Leia was right. You know, you, you tie it back to how the, Repu- the New Republic fell. Um, because again, I think that could have been explained a bit better in the sequel tr- trilogy as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. and 
again, high level, I'm talking right now. Um, I think you bring Plagueis back. Snoke was Plagueis. Make Snoke Plagueis. <laughs> and that suddenly, like that, that just ties the sequel trilogy up with the prequels. And like you said, you can have Palpatine involved in that, especially if Plagueis is involved. You know, you can imagine yep. what we could play with together. Because again, hypothetically, it's you and I. We'd be able to come up with something. We'd be able to come up with something well tasty. Well tasty, yep. man. Um, what I will say, though, is that, that the, the, the job the job of trying to write around Carrie Fisher's death is so yeah. difficult, so difficult. Um, and this is probably my last point. We'd probably have to figure out if she dies off screen or if the film opens up with a funeral or something like that. I don't know. I think the latter, because I think, I think we'd come to gentle blows about that because I can't have her going off screen. Not with the legacy of that character. No, I think it would I, be, I, that I would agree. be heresy to do that. I think so I, I like a, an on-screen kind of funeral at the beginning, whilst it would be abrupt, it would be closure rather than just being in the opening crawl. Yes. Oh, and by the way. But um, good shout there, my friend. Good shout. No, thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much. No, thank you, Sean. Again, we ask this of every patron, but come on, guys, what would your top-level Tross uh, storylines be? Or unless you're happy with what you've got now. So, uh, Next one was from Darth Dildo. Dylan from Dan Ander. He's entitled this one, Rose Tico Deep Dive. This is my kind of man. Uh, he said two, two points. One, if you could rewrite her part in the existing Tross movie plot, what would you have her do? And you can make up anything up uh, as long as it fits in the plot. And number two, if you could write slash direct a Rose Tico Disney Plus series or movie, where in her life would you set it and what would be the general story? Uh, Dylan says, I really want to see Kelly Marie Chan back in Star Wars. She's such a gift. And I know you guys love her too, and I certainly do. So Luke, Rose Tico Deep Dive. If you could rewrite a part in Tross, what would you have her do? Mm. And if you were helming a, a Tico Disney Plus series, you know where is it set in her life and what's happening? Um, I'm thinking... you it... Be kind. No, I yeah, I will be. I will be. Um, listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Rose, but I do think it's crazy how much of her screen time like was in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, it, it, it is absolutely mental. Um, but I, I'm convinced there's more of it. There was more. Yeah, that's it's a discussion for another time. Um, but I think you just you have her more involved in the gang, you know. Instead of her just staying back at the base in AJ and Kloss, no, she's going to Kef Beer. She's going to the Death Star ruins and stuff with the Mandem, with the crew, because that's what she is. She's part of the crew. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I think, you know. I, I don't want to get too much into it because it's it could be a long conversation. But she should have been with the guys. She should have been with the guys. But. On the other hand, would she? One of the things I love about the Rise of Skywalker is the chemistry between Ray, Finn, and Poe. You know, character chemistry. I personally, I don't think Rose fits into that. I don't think she fits mm -hmm. into. That. I think she'd actually bring that down. So it's it's a really hard decision to make to be honest and a really hard thing to call um but i think just having her in the film for like a minute or two whatever that whatever on earth she was in it for um i think that's a slap in the face and that's that's not on it's not on. no you're right there bro dameron so what about a disney plus series what where, where would you set that i think i would have her and her page um her sister page on like adventures or something like that i think that would be cool and i'd probably make it an animated show 
like the the, the two sisters because they lose their parents when they're young if i'm not mistaken from the comics um, yes they do yeah, yeah um, and their planet yes so yeah i th- i think uh i think that would be really cool like an animated show two sisters like on adventures and stuff in you know that would probably be in the late mandalorian timeline you know a lot of cool stuff happening and going down then Good shout, my friend, yeah. Paige Tico gets more screen time in The Last Jedi than Rose does in The Rise of Skywalker, which is... Uh, she was done dirty. For one, I, for my first answer, exactly the same as yours, have her be with the gang on the mission from the start. She was so integral to The Last Jedi. Why not carry that? She's already got the relationship with Finn, so we already know that works. And you know, and in the, the, the canon states, she's got a relationship with Rey and the rest of them, so why not show it? But uh, JJ and Terio. Um, how, I think it would have been fun to see her argue with Poe about light, ski, light speed skipping. I think that would have been quite fun. Um, in terms of the chemistry, I guess we'll never know. I tend to think it may have been quite good because she's already got it with Boyega. But I would have just loved the chance to see it. But we didn't. So, But yeah, I'd like to have her be on, on the mission from the start on Kef Beer and um, everywhere else. As terms of Disney+, Plus. Your answer was actually really good. <laughs> I would just mine would be after after the after the fight after Tross immediately after the war's won. Obviously, her sister's gone, so how does she move on? And she obviously wants to make the galaxy a better place. We saw that in the Last Jedi, and how her actions are always for the greater good. So, what's her story after the rise of Skywalker? That's what I want to know. Does she go back to fixing pipes and all that, mm-hmm. or is there more for her? So, I'd, and I can't answer that because I'm not a screenwriter or a novelist, but. I'd like to see something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good shout. I think that's a good shout. And it's an interesting question. So you never know, you know, material for a future episode, maybe. Don't know. Yeah, don't know. I think so. Yeah, nice one, Darth, mate. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much, Dylan Gangster. Uh, and then finally, we got a question from Adrian Shawley, who says this. On another sequel trilogy watch through, I swear it gets better and better and more connected every viewing. <laughs> this occurred to me. We all know the biggest problem was the lack of single vision for the stories of the three films, and this led to this interconnectivity being less than desired. But now, with it finished, one thing is for certain. If George was in charge, he'd make special additions. So, my question is this. In the spirit of the many different changes George made to his films, what would you do to each of the sequel trilogy films to uh, make them special additions and try to keep them realistic one in my head is i would add a flashback scene to the last jedi where kylo sees ray's parents and he'd see the same girl as we see in the force awakens and the rise of skywalker and the same parents we see in tross He'd see them sell her and nothing more. It would barely be 10 seconds of the film. Easy to add using existing footage of Ray's parents and Uncar Plot. But it would be it would set up the Tross reveal, whilst also not disrespecting in any way adjusting Ryan's vision of The Last Jedi. Thank you for sending that in, uh, Adrian. That is a phenomenal question. And it's probably going to be a little hard to answer in in this section um, completely. I think there's a lot of ways you can you can just bridge everything together. I think mm-hmm. you can maybe lay in some seeds of Ray being a Palpatine in the uh, in the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. 
Um, I think you can add maybe some Palpatine seeds as well in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, uh, in, in the Snoke reveals and, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Um, and I think as well, it's it's hard to say. It really is hard to say. I would maybe change around or add something to the end of the rise of skywalker i think the rise of skywalker needs to be longer anyway i think there's mm-hmm. some sort of again this is a maybe a conversation for another time but i think there is definitely some sort of extended version or extended edition that exists that could bridge a lot of the gaps that, that leave a lot of questions in the sequel trilogy um matty boy what do you have any thoughts on this um, firstly, Adrian always delivers such well-written questions and messages, and so uh, thank you, mate. And I agree with your like for the Last Jedi. I have I agree with Adrian regarding the flashbacks to Ray. It ties into the Force Awakens, and it would tie into Trust better. So for the Last Jedi, I am totally in agreement with it's Adrian also shout. because I can't think of anything else to add to that other than like a Jabba Rocks dance scene on Canto Bite for a laugh. But um, Force Awakens, <laughs> yeah, I'd add a palps hint. Like when when Ray is beasting Kylo and Starkiller, a laugh or a voice. In the, in the Force Awakens novel, has a voice telling Ray in her head, you know, kill him, kill him, get it on screen, mm. get it on screen. It ties into Ross, or like a laugh or something where you can kind of think, hold on, that sounded familiar. Was that Snoke or was that Palps? Have it like Jeanette modified just enough to make you think, who was that? So it doesn't give it away, but there's enough there. But so a hint in the Palps uh, for the Force Awakens, and in the Rise of Skywalker, when Kylo is resurrecting ray that's the moment to put bring back our boy hayden bring back anakin he's standing over kylo you know this this is your you can do this this is this is your power kylo do you know what i mean or something like that where you bring back so he's doing what anakin wanted to do with padme or at least save her from death treat death that's the moment you bring anakin there and he's with kylo as he's bringing back his his love from death And and that is a powerful moment to me and they didn't do it so, I mean, for, for the Rise of Skywalker, I could add a few things in, and like you said, to make it longer, elongate it, add things in. But for me, it, that works for me. And one of the special edition things, I'm taking out the line where Ray says, I, um, I can't do it, I can't hear them. The voices mm. of the Jedi that came before, that really unnatural bit of dialogue, take that out. So the be with me bit at the end of the film suddenly makes is a lot more powerful because there's a, there's a, you know, they've set it up like, be with me. Now, what's she on about? Then at the end of the film, she says it again. Then you hear the voices. Yeah. By saying it at the beginning of the film, it, it, it telegraphs it. So I mess around with that a little bit to make the reveal at the end bigger and have big boy uh, Christensen come back. Mate, love that. Love that. I think this would be something um, where we'd need to sit down and really think about what we could add add in. Because, Adrian, I, I, I think your suggestion, from what I can see right now, is... is Head and shoulders, anything I can think of. But Matt's got some great ideas on that anyway. But um, yeah, God, that's a fantastic question. But I thinking, think though. it's very true that I think George would would add in some bits and bobs and make it more linear. You know, Empire Strikes Back, the Emperor is some weird woman with a man's voice. And it's monkey like in monkey eyes. And it's, it's just crazy. It is just crazy. Um, and that was obviously edited. You know, there's a lot of things that have been edited to make the whole trilogy feel more cohesive. Um, never happened with the prequels, though. True. Not so, yeah, no, I don't know, which is, which is funny. 
which is funny. But I think the sequel, if, if there's any trilogy that needs it, it is the sequel trilogy. It could do with one or two just extra scenes, just to flesh out, make it a bit more cohesive. So it's a great idea. Great point, Adrian. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, mate. You've got us thinking now for future content. So, uh, yeah, guys, same same again. Patreons, non-Patreons, answer those questions. Let us know what you'd have thought and what you answered to all of those questions. We'd love to hear some. Um, if you want to talk to us more, Discord, send us a DM. And Luke mentioned our Discord server. We've got people all around the world. So when it's our, when, it, when it's night time for us, people are waking up talking to each other. When we're, when we're waking up, they're going to bed, so the conversation never ends. It's good heart, good-hearted, light-natured. Um, safe space to come and talk Star Wars or just anything in general to be honest and um, it's, we, we have a great time doing it so we'd love you to come and join in if you want to DM us on Twitter and Instagram uh, and we'll send you across the, the link to get in we'd love for you to join in with that and if you want to wear our merch where can I find us Master B? They can find us on tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Star Wars Sessions Yep so it's time drinks are finished now the, the Bantina is over it's time for uh, it's time for the golden tones from across the pond, with a poem from Curtis Smith, which he wrote today. I actually wrote this today for this actual show. So, Curtis, thank you very much for your effort in getting that done for us. It's called Star Wars. It makes sense. Star Wars. It makes sense. When we stop to think of merchandising, you really can't skimp advertising. New films feed the machines, closed toys rides, and the zines. If you're out of ideas, keep reprising. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry, always original work, posting daily. There he is, all off the cuff today. What a king! Uh, he caused some controversy, Curtis, when he came to England because he visited Stonehenge and he used the stones for a game of Jenga. Probably not the oh, best thing to do. Oh, what a naughty boy. <laughs> what a naughty boy, classic Curtis. Thank you for sending that in uh, today, mate, as well. That is very impressive. One absolute gangster. Basically, what I'm trying to say is always Curtis, always a spicy legend. It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! There we go. You heard the music, people. It is the Star Wars Sessions Game Show. It's that time of the podcast. It is my turn to host it this week. Matty Boy, are you ready? (laughs) Yes. All right, mate. I won't lie to you, mate. It's a bit of a weird one. Okay. Um, let me ask you a question, mate. Go on. What was the fifth Star Wars film to be made? The Attack of the Clones. No. Oh, go no, on. it wasn't. Oh, go on. It was Caravan of Courage. Yes. <laughs> An Ewok adventure or the Ewok adventure. What a banger that was. Mate, caravan of courage, and we're going to do a. Li- we're going to test your knowledge, mate, because obviously we love Star Wars and we love everything in it, right? It's <laughs> oh, yeah, all especially good. those films. <laughs> it's all good stuff. It is all good stuff. Um, so, can you name me 
one of the characters in, and this is your first question, in the Caravan of Courage? No. Um, Lumpy. Just one. Lumpy? No, don't be daft. They won't cross over those those beautiful beasts. Um, no. I, I've heard the, the, of them, but I can't remember. So the most obvious one is uh, a character played by Warwick Davis. Oh, Wicket. There we go. Wicket was oh, in the Caravan of Courage. Um, okay, so there are also this... There's an, Yeah, I, you've got that one. Um, Thank you. There's a family involved in the Caravan of Courage. Um, <laughs> do you know the surname of this family? Uh, was it the Paveleys? Oh, <laughs> you was, wish, mate. Um, oh, you've seen them, right? I've you've seen, seen them. Yeah, it, I can remember the kids' names, but I can't remember the surname. There was um, it, M- Mace. I think it was funny enough. Um, <gasps> and you naughty boy. That's my next question. Yeah, Mace, and um, I can't remember the girl's name now. Cindy or something like that. Um, <gasps> Dude, I'm impressed. I know that, but I can't remember the surname. Sindel. Um, Sindel. Uh, Mace. Right, I don't know, but I know it begins with T. It sounds... Uh, dude, I am I'm thoroughly <laughs> impressed by this. Um, yeah, Tawani. Tawani. I wouldn't... Yeah, Sindel Tawani, Mace Tawani, Catherine Tawani, and Jeremy Tawani. What a Star Warsy name, right? Yeah, Mace Tawani. So, you cheeky boy, I mean, you've pretty much got this, but I was going to say, uh, true or false, was the first mace to appear in Star Wars in the Caravan of Courage or in The Phantom Menace? And it was Caravan of Courage, Mace Tawani, who is, of course, played by Eric Walker, um, who is... Ironic. A- Ironic. Ironic. Yeah, you you know your caravan of courage, mate, boy. I knew that one, but I said I can remember the actors and what the little kids' names were, but the Ewoks, the the, the centre of the film, went out of my head. You naughty boy! You naughty boy! Okay, so the next question is: true or false? The Ewok actors all wore baby blue pajamas under their costumes. Oh, that's an on-set one. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, baby blue. That's very specific. I'm going to say false because that is very specific. It's true. Oh, I thought it was too. It specific. is true. It is true, and it is super specific and a bit random because you think it'd be super hot in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So th- there we go. There we go. Um, and you'd never think it, but the thing, Caravan of Courage, was filmed all in uh, Northern California, not far from. Um, the Lucasfilm offices. In fact, it was actually shot, I think, just outside of Skywalker Ranch. Sweet. You might as well make use of your land, I suppose, if you're going <laughs> to make a film. That's it, mate. That is it. Um, now, here's here's a question. Here's a question. Did the Ewoks in the Caravan of Courage have eyelids? No. Why is that? Because they were added in the special editions. And why do you say that? Because that's what happened with Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. You you would be right yes. if it was Return of the Jedi. Oh. But in Caravan of Courage, eyelids were actually added 
to the Ewoks. Wow! So they didn't. So uh, this is like a year, like a year or two later, isn't it? After Jedi. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I think this was made in 1985, uh, 1984, 1984. So it's not that long after Jedi, but they still were pushing out the um, the technology and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, so they they added that the ILM um, created it specifically for Ewok adventure. Oh, yeah, leads caravan. That's yeah, Ireland. <laughs> Genius, mate. Genius. Um, okay, next okay. question, mate. This this is a good one. This is a good one. True or false? Was was one of the early working titles for the Ewok Adventure the Ewok Holiday Special? True or false? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my gun and say false. It better be false. It came out late in the year, I think. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going false. Yeah, um, it's true. <laughs> Correct, which is absolutely mental. The special. Yeah, one of the early working titles for it was the Ewok Holiday Special, which is crazy. Um, but they did actually change it after, obviously, the response to the actual Star Wars Holiday Special, <laughs> um, which, if you haven't seen, you should see it. Oh, we got you should see the day, first dude. 15 minutes of it, where there's like six lines of English in it, and the rest is just Kashyyykian. Oh, I don't think I'd, I'd, Actually, I'm not sure I could sit through it again to cover it. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a bad one. It is a bit of a it's bad a slog. one. It is a little bit. It is a little bit. Um yeah, and all of these all of these films, like the um holiday special and the Ewok films, they're just they they're just not produced like a Star Wars film. They don't look like a Star Wars TV film. films, aren't they? Yeah. Which back then was yeah. completely different to what they are now. Yes, yeah. I mean, totally. Different. Streaming's just totally yeah, yeah. changed that. Um, and then finally, our last question on the caravan of courage: Can you say now, now, Matty boy, you're a film guy, so I'm expecting you know some good guesses on this. <laughs> Do you know who directed oh. Star Wars? Ewok Adventures. I, I do actually know who directed this. No, you I don't. genuinely, genuinely do. Hand on heart, I do know who directed this. Guy called John Corti, and I genuinely know oh that. Oh my days! Genuinely know that as well. Hand on heart, know that. Oh my days, he's done it! What? How do you know that? Because oh, I love film. So I've um, looked into like the holiday special and Battle for Endor and all this kind of stuff, and I always kind of, I'm always drawn to who on earth would direct this kind of stuff, to put it politely. And um, what? I remember the name. Honestly, 100%. Swear, hand on heart. That is absolutely mental. <laughs> he he's directed a lot of like TV films, I think, like straight yeah, to TV yeah. stuff. Had a distinguished career in terms of like the big screen. And there is some like weird stuff in this, but um, yeah, no, it, I mean the first time. I mean it's not Caravan of Courage, but it is an Ewok film, the other Ewok film, the Battle for Endor one. Mm. We still we see Blurgs for the first yeah, yeah. time, which of course feature in the Mandalorian, which is pretty yeah. cool. Awesome. There's a lot of like nods to the, that like weird expanded universe that Star stuff. Wars kind of don't talk about. Yeah, I mean Matty boy. I mean, I mean we we talk about that, but like you're the one who knowed all the who knew all the stuff. Knowed <laughs> knew all the stuff about Caravan of Courage. You you are a caravan expert. Uh, I, I am, mate. I I didn't know the name of Wicket, like the most famous 
Ewok of the lot, but I knew about John Courtney and that. <laughs> That's it, mate. That is yeah, it. Was... But that is this week's game. I like that. That was a blast Ooh. from the weird past. That was something different. Something which I may yeah. steal in future weeks. Ooh, naughty boy. <laughs> you know, that, that makes this show the best podcast Yes, it flaming out well does flaming. That's it. I've had enough. I've I'm, my brain is like it's caravan it's of courage out. Out. It's it's seeing it's seeing all those caravan of courage like pictures and videos I've got up for now. I'm like oh, I'm having PTSD from it. <laughs> the weird side of Star Wars and the gore and yeah. like, just weirdness. Um, well, as Master Blah because said to save him any more. From saying words like node. Episode 65. <laughs> that is that for episode of Star Wars Sessions. But the fun doesn't end there because no one's ever really gone. Especially not us. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? You can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. That is our swanky little website. You can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. Uh, you can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or a cheeky message to our email address sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. That's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Okay. And if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yes, we're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Deezer, iHeartRadio. Everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, you'll find us there. And if you do love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice. And head on over to podchaser.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. We're on there. It's awesome. So if you have a spare 30 seconds, please do consider dropping us a review on there too. It helps us out more than you know, helps the show grow, and we love hearing from you guys each and every week. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cat, tell your Ewok. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Tell your cousin the more the merrier and their castle spicier. Tell Mace Tawani as well. Tell him this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time, from me, I see ya. And from Luke. May the force be with you. Always give me them toys. Luke. Luke. They are Essex-based podcast heroes. There has always been a strong collector market, but George created such a wealth of characters with such personalities. It was the natural for collecting. Tell that to Kanja Club.